so it's safe to talk about flying saucers and people from outer space, people who may be circulating among us now and who demonstrate their unearthly qualities if they choose you as one of their agents by disappearing and reappearing at will in your very presence in front, if necessary, of many witnesses and who land on this materialistic earth in flying saucers to which you, if you're one of the chosen, shall enter through an anti-gravity elevator. Nothing to hold you up. You just whisk up into the body of the flying saucer, a scout ship from outer space. No way. I'm not really joking. Because I've got a man now, here and now, one of the men who claims fervently that he has met these people from outer space, has talked to them, and has been given secrets of things such as a time machine from men from outer space. You'll meet this man after this plebeian and earthly message. I want that man to narrate my death. I want that dude to narrate, like, everything that I fucking do. Why, why do you have a speech impediment right there? That That's that's my yeah, brand. No, wait. I don't no. know. If you've listened to the last couple episodes, I've been having a speech impediment that's just been getting worse. Is it a seizure? I don't know. I think, I don't know. I've been seeing weird flashing lights lately. There you go. I haven't had a seizure in a while, but, like, the new thing is, like, weird flashing that's lights. That's punk rock. Isn't it? Bro. I mean, maybe I can, like, be, like, a... a uh, who is it? Uh, not fucking Nelly Furtado. Who's what? Uh, <laughs> what? One of the one of these about? famous like hip hop artists from the early two thousands has synesthesia. You know where you like taste things and you see colors or you smell something. Oh, you yeah, feel yeah, a yeah. Sensation. Can who, you hear colors? I can't remember. Words? It wasn't Nelly. It was someone else. Who's? It's completely besides the point. But Goy's next door hitting <laughs> you with episode eighteen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it's just in time to announce that Frasier is returning for a third installment, probably on Netflix. Mac has got a hard boner over that one. Yeah. If you know Mac, Frasier is his uh, lullaby to sleep it's every night. It's my bread and butter. It's his bread and butter. It's, who, it's what he, he falls asleep to at night. It's quality television. It is. It is honestly quality television. But, it's uh, wholesome. This is episode 18. Uh, mm. We're pulling a late nighter to pull this one off for you guys. Daddy's a little drunk. Daddy's a little drunk. Both daddies. Both daddies. Your daddy and stepdaddy are a little drunk. Yeah. Um, and they're bonding, which is always dangerous. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I have da- a King Cobra. <laughs> yeah. This is a non-paid advertisement. Because I was telling him about the beer I used to drink in Philly, and I, mm-hmm. I was convinced that King Cobras weren't out here, but boy, am I fucking wrong. So. Yeah. They're here. They all have to get one of those. But uh, the the uh, the the Scottish lad that you heard introing yeah. our episode eighteen podcast for tonight tonight um, is well, talking about our later half of the segments focus, which yeah. is George Van Tassel, who we uh, talked George about. George George Man Russell. And we, we, I don't think we did talk about it, because I think we cut it out. I think, yeah, I think we mentioned it originally, and then we might have edited it out, because we wanted to do just do a full installment on it, yeah. but I think we might have mentioned his name at some point. Because the research was going to um, You know, it's inspired by the uh, channeling segment that we're planning on doing for the rest of the season. You know, we <laughs> we've said the past four episodes. Said the past four. I mean, we've also slated the long neck episode, but I'll just tell you right yeah. now, not to talk shit on anybody at all, but we've just had a few people bail, and, and it, it happens. 
um, because plans. Some, uh, I mean, we've I've had the one of the busiest months of yeah. my entire fucking life right now. So if there's anybody who's gonna be forgiving for anyone having schedule mix-ups yes. right now, and That's like I'm not even talking about hard. anyone in specific because there's been like a handful of yeah. people that we've had slated to guests that have all had the same we, issue. Well, we tried to have Kevin Costner on to squash the beef, but we couldn't get that fucking ass Mac on the has phone. made some headway with him, with Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner fucked my wife, and I'm still mad about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a pretty big issue, but um, they're getting through it. But so everyone that we've had, you know, slated to come on the pod has bailed at yeah. this point. Not necessarily bailed. I don't want to say such harsh words, but has had scheduling mishaps. Yeah, we've had scheduling Hasn't mishaps. been able to pull through. Yeah. So, Daddy Long Neck episode, hopefully it's coming. Um, channeling episodes, we're going to do a bunch, but tonight we're doing George Van Tassel, which is a really good we've decided is a good step off into channeling as a whole, because yeah. George Van Tassel, as we will get into on the second half after our break, because we have a lot of really fun stuff to talk about for our first half. A couple stories about a man who uh, foot choked a mountain lion to death, <laughs> and then yeah. about a, uh, a high school sweetheart who married. It's just a, a Breaking Bad kind of story the about cuck. murder. It's the ultimate cuck murder story, which yeah. we're going to talk about. Um, but um, George Van Tassel is a really good step off into channeling because he's not quite a channeler, but he's he's had um, he's a information. He's a contactee for sure, extraterrestrial contactee to be specific. And um, the information that was given to him was in a very like kind of weird contactee kind of phenomenon. So he almost blurs the line between what we were talking about in our last o- episode between what is a a, a, a channeler really you know yeah are, are, are they the people who just sit down and close their eyes and get into some meditative state that mumble and fucking some bullshit british accent or are they the people who you know have these weird alien abductee experiences and get abducted and get information mm-hmm. and that like nikolai tesla and is then able to build some crazy machine like <laughs> you know they're channeling information yeah. at that point they're not necessarily channeling an entity an actual, yeah, entity, so yeah. uh george van tassel kind of blurs the line but the story is really great and it's going to be a good contrast for us in the future to be able to, you know, make fun of people who don't have their shit together as far as their story. So, yeah, um, for sure. For but us, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's I, I good. I would say that. I would say that this is actually the most convincing, one of the most Jordan convincing. One hole so far. I, I think out of all of the, the people we'll talk about within channeling and abductee experiences, that George Van Tassel probably is shit together the most. For sure. So it's a good contrast well, for See, us. he looks like a military dad. That's he really does. And he's super reliable. He's incredibly eloquent, and he's funny. He's witty. He's yeah. charming. He's almost got that Ted Bundy kind of uh, charm <laughs> sort of thing. So that's going to be really fun. So that's going to be the second half of the episode. But the first half of the episode is going to be really great. And uh, I'm going to get into it right now because, as I mentioned before, a man did choke a mountain lion out through his foot. And it's not what you would expect of a story and the person not, who did it yeah. is not at all the person that you would expect to be the person who would do it so it looks like a, a skinny danville Zarian. and and it, he kind of acts like what you would expect like a small dan bilzerian with braces would act and he, <laughs> he actually does have braces which i noticed the braces like the second time yeah so so travis kaufman age 31 right he was on Halfway through his 12-mile run, and we watched this fucking video where we'll post it in the notes. We'll post the uh, link to it because it's actually really funny, and it's fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, because you can tell he's, he's so fucking proud of himself. He's oh, yeah. so yeah. proud of him. He's just waiting he's totally to get laid. He's totally cashing in on He's it. totally waiting to get laid for ch- foot choking out this mountain lion. Um, he's 31 years old. He's halfway through his 12-mile run, long run, which... You know, he used to do all these long runs, which he goes on to in incredible length and detail oh, in yeah. this he video. Oh, yeah, Just if, if he could get a rib taken out in this, like if he lost a rib in this altercation, 
he would be sucking his own dick oh, right for now. sure. Yeah, if that mountain lion somehow, like, gouged his stomach out and took a rib out, too. It would have been beneficial. It would have been beneficial to him, because then he would actually be able to give himself fellatio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Travis Coffin, 31. Covering the trails of Fort Collins, here's some rustling in the, in the bushes, and uh, a mountain lion jumps out. So this is February 4th, by the way. And this guy is already talking about it in videos. He looks like 10 days later, sleepers. right? 10 days later. So obviously it's not a big mountain lion. This is kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. This guy's, he must not have been a big mountain lion. I'm waiting for the story to come out that it was just a large house cat that he got in a fight. Or he with. like sniped a big cat and then fucked up his face a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's not that much scars. So this is the quote they pulled for uh, Telegraph UK because I always like reading American stories in uh, British publications publications because it's just it's always fun because you might get that bit of humor that that humorous perspective that I'm looking forward to be able to report on in the podcast. Not that I'm going to cherry pick it, but it's going to be a little different. And I think they did that just here right here. The only quote they pulled from him for his response is that. I was bummed out to see a mountain lion. <laughs> and it's in quotes. So uh, they, they definitely pulled that little, like, British kind of, like, these Americans are fucking Fucked up idiots. my vibe. Yeah, <laughs> fucked up my vibe, bro. I was just, like, out there chill running, you know, trying to keep my, like, my uh, my heart rate up. And, you know, just always bummed. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I'm not even going to continue to read the Telegraph posting because I know it off the top of my head. And this guy just got into this Rambo-esque story where apparently this mountain lion makes, like, he turns around in time to see it charging him and he's just face to face with it. And he says word for word, he lets out his most barbarian kind of scream, he says, (laughs) which apparently must have not been shit because it, it jumps on him, bites onto his wrist. He says he loses his footing in the scuffle. They both tumble down a hillside like it's like fucking hot rod. But then he said he pinned it. He pinned somehow. it against. Yeah, yeah, but not before trying to jammed, jam uh, um, dry rotted logs into its neck to try to stab it and grabbing sticks and a rock and trying to hit its head. And he said, the, <laughs> all the leverage I had wasn't enough to get a powerful enough strike with the rock on its head. Oh my fucking And then God. somehow he was able to get it on the ground while it still got his 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 arm in its mouth and then put his foot on its throat and choke it out that way and i'm like if you don't have enough leverage to smash its head yeah. with a stone then how are you not how do you have the same leverage to then put it onto its back and put your foot onto its neck and choke it out while it's got its its claws in your mouth and then he says like oh i learned how to get a cat on its back because i'm a new cat owner and all this shit like <laughs> this dude's a fucking fuck goober he is a no, skinny daniel it's like, the thing is like you definitely killed a man line we know that that's impressive enough like just just cash in right there. it's like why are you fucking your story up you now? know what's funny too is like out of all the pub because i i did light skimming on it i probably only looked at three different publications to try to maybe find a video or at least maybe a clip or a photo at the very least yeah. of the mountain lion in question. And I in think question. that everyone is probably covering his ass because I'm thinking it was a little ass mountain lion. Yeah. I'm thinking this dude, like it might've even like been a a, like, like a, a misrecognition of like a raccoon attack or something like that. <laughs> I don't think this dude got in Cause if you look at, we'll post the photo. Well, maybe we'll, was saying and he thought he, it was a mountain lion. Yeah. This like dude, a squirrel. like it bummed his vibe out to see a mountain lion. Cause he was like, yeah, <laughs> microdosing on shrooms and taking his daily hike in the woods. And yeah, yeah. He saw what he thought was a mountain lion, but in reality it was just like, I don't know. Yeah. Like an angry rabbit or something like that. It's it's funny because in the interview he's like, oh, I moved to Colorado because I wanted a little bit of like a uh, feel of the outdoor life. And I'm like, well, yeah, you fucking got it. You got it, dude. Yeah. You survived through it. But we'll post the photos. I mean, it's only been like 
less less than 14 days yeah. since we've done the podcast since he's been attacked by a mountain lion and we watched the video which had to have been filmed the last couple of days because I know people don't edit 12 minute videos in one day unless they're just an intern or, um, on, Adderall. or on Adderall so uh, it had to have been filmed a couple of days ago and this dude is just uh, he looks fine at this point it looks like he got a bad bicycle accident right now that's what it looks like. It if you does. saw him, it's you like would not be like, scratches. yeah. If you saw him, you'd be like, oh, he's definitely not the survivor of a mountain lion attack. No, but um, he did survive, which is more than I can say for the sad chap in the next installment of uh, the first half of this episode. Oh my god! Which is a poor fellow who was marked by a best friend over the lovers' quarrel between high school sweethearts and we're gonna get at you on that one because it's amazing so he got got by his best friend and then cucked by his best friend yeah cucked after respect the story thickens because he was getting cucked while married to his wife just unknowingly so i don't know if that's a cuck if you don't know it so this story starts well the meat of the story really starts in 2000 december 16th to be exact and it involves an unfortunate motherfucker named Mike Williams, who's married to a very uh, um, just conniving bitch named Denise Williams, <laughs> fucking who Denise. is best friends you, with a guy named Brian Winchester, who is a smart conniving asshole, who's married to his high school sweetheart Kathy Winchester. So right off the bat, it's this like is just a circle of an all-American love story that takes place in Florida. Yeah, of course. Good start. So great start. <laughs> you already know what's coming up here. So, December sixteenth, two thousand. Mike Williams, Denise Williams, high school sweethearts. It is their wedding anniversary, and uh, Mike is in a solo duck hunting trip in Appalachia, Appalachicola, Florida. Sorry, I'm Pennsylvania. So whenever I see the first Appalach, I just finish it and say Appalachia or Appalachia, Appalachia, whatever the fuck you pronounce it as, but Appalachicola, Florida. And uh, he doesn't come home. So uh, what's the first thing they do? They know he's supposed to come back. He didn't have any any cell service or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they were worried about him. So first thing they do was just like, let's not waste any time. Let's go out there and do the search right off the bat. Yeah. So heading the search is Brian Winchester best friends you know best friends with mike williams and because of the mutual relationship between mike and denise yeah. brian is also a best friend but that plot thickens because they're more than just best friends so they go on this <laughs> on this uh on this search together essentially denise and brian looking for it they find his bronco they find his 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 boat kind of wedged up on the shore um, everybody's kind of freaked out because none of his shit is around, none of his belongings, there's no traces of him. So the first thing they do is search for the bottom of the lake, right? Yeah. And they find, um, you know, his hunting license, his waders, and all that kind of shit at the bottom of the lake. So the cops are just shit. like, presumably fell off the boat, maybe he had been drinking. Yeah, that's how it's uh, framed. Yeah. Ma- yeah, yeah, maybe he was drinking or something like that, fell off the boat, and then was eaten by alligators because he was passed out in the water after drowning or you know, drunk or whatever, you yeah. know what I mean? So they all they were able to find were his waiters and his hunting license. Which is kind of weird, like a September 11th kind of uh, sort of thing. They're only able to find the passport. You know? <laughs> They're able to find his fucking hunting license. Uh, but, um, you know, presumed dead, essentially. Yeah. So they have a little bit of funeral for him. Um, there's, not a be- bit, there's not a bit of sufficient evidence beyond just finding his waiters and... Um, 
hunting ID to be able to presume him as as like a, a closed case is dead. Yeah. So it remained open as a missing persons case, but they had a funeral for him and everything, and like the life insurance policy that they had originally written on on him was able to be fulfilled. Oh, okay. Because. They were just like, you know, he's dead. We're just never. We just we, don't. Yeah, we, we, we won't be able we to won't find have the evidence. We, we don't have enough to, evidence. Yeah. There was some sort of weird thing where they weren't able to find enough evidence to be able to close the case. But yeah. They were able to find. They'd have evidence, sufficient evidence. Yeah. Enough evidence for the insurance company to be like, okay, well, your fucking husband's not coming back, and that's within the clause of the insurance. Case. Yeah. If he and the fine details get a little bit more suspicious on why that worked out because. No, oh, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. So, before we get there. The insurance payout that they got from the life insurance policies, $1.75 million is how much Jesus. that Denise made. Which, I mean, life insurance policies, I don't know the really, like, basic rules of how much you make off a life insurance policy, but it sounds like a pretty standard amount for when your loved one dies at a young age oh, okay. in a yeah. tragedy. I think as long as your life fun. insurance policy is written up to su- to support those types of events, then I think you are going to get a pretty sufficient payout because as long as you can... Uh, prove how much they would be making for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I think that there's a, a sufficient wiggle room for getting a fuck ton of money out of like a spouse sure. dying at a young age in a tragedy. Oh, it's like, like to like make up for what they would have made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, a few years go by. You know, we'll fast mm-hmm. forward a couple of years, 2005, really, because a lot of nothing happens in between then. I mean, I'm sure a lot of fun happens for Denise with 1.75 million. Oh, yeah, yeah, and a new husband. Yeah, well, not yet. No new husband yet. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. we're fast oh, forwarding in 2005 yeah. because Brian Winchester, best friends, person who helped do the search and everything. Yeah. Uh, also, one of the persons who helped write up one of the life insurance policies first, previously. Prior to the death, which is a little bit suspicious, and I'll tell you why it's even more suspicious soon. But Brian Winchester divorces his wife and marries Denise in 2005. Now, you might be thinking, okay, <coughs> at this point, a grieving wife passes away. You know, mm-hmm. a best friend is there still for a shoulder to cry on, and then eventually it turns into a romantic thing. Yeah, it's not unheard of. A failing marriage. It's not something that's completely out of the question. Yeah. It's something that happens in, like, romance movies. But what it gets a little bit salty is the fact that they actually had an affair. Ooh. Yes. Oh. They had an affair. So I'm going to tell this detail before I tell why we all know this. Because I think it just makes the story a little bit more like Breaking Bad-esque when I tell it chronologically yeah, yeah, versus yeah, sure. w- when you tell it like sort of how the news stories tell Yeah, it. back yeah, and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. back and forth. It's kind of harder to follow that way. But Brian Winchester divorces his wife, 2005, marries Denise, 2005. But their affair originally began in 1997. Quick question. Did he get a fucking like nice hog, you know? After all of that, after getting remarried, you think, right? I like a nice motorcycle. Yeah, a nice, a nice, nice cross country Harley. That's one of the three wheel, three wheeler ones now. Wow, what speech impediment was that? Three, three, three wheeler. There three you go. Wheeler. I don't fucking kill you. A can am. <laughs> you know what a can am is? No. That's like the new. Uh, that's the new. Like the BMW like, one? No, no, no. But that's the new like. Um, douchebag motorcycle I don't know how to it's like you don't know how to ride a motorcycle but you want to like get the effect yeah yeah it's like the it's like a tripod on wheels I don't know how to explain <laughs> it I think the seat goes straight up your asshole actually um <laughs> <laughs> cut 
that order. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking. Affair begins initially in 1997. (laughs) There's a little bit of a weird event, and a lot of weird events contribute to this whole story coming to head anyways. I think this whole thing is bigger. It's like almost like a Roman kind of fable. (laughs) It's it's like Breaking Bad. It's crazy. Uh, So their affair began in 1997 at the Sister Hazel concert. What year? 1997. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't fucking know by now, it's on you. I've said it too many times. So the Sister Hazel concert. Do you know with Sister Hazel, that band? No idea. Do you know a single song by Sister Hazel? I, I do not. I actually don't either, but uh, when we're editing the podcast, I'll just put a little like bit of a sister hand <laughs> right here. It'll be, it'll be a treat for me. It'll be a treat for us. I wasn't looking for a lifetime with you. I hope you enjoyed that because uh, um, it'll be a treat for us too because we won't find out what it is until I edit the podcast. Yeah, so, there you uh, go. Uh, so, Sister Hazel, they're at their concert in 1997. I'm sure it's beautiful music. Um, their spouses are out parking the cars, right? And Brian and Denise start fucking making out. Ooh. The spouses come back, they stop. And that's basically begins the way that they treat their entire affair. Every time one of their spouses steps away or something like that, it's just fuck time. They're going at baby. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just fuck time. Pork I mean, time, baby. they went to getaways to New York. They went to South Beach. They went to Destin, Florida. They'd hook up on lunch breaks. Um, How do they pull off vacations? I have, when their spouses were away or they'd lie and uh, shit like that. I have okay. no idea. Okay. But Denise and Brian, they started discussing fantasies and plans on how they would somehow unite their affair legitimately. Denise and Brian, you sound like the worst people. I know. They do. <laughs> I've ever heard. I mean, they do. They sound like a terrible. terrible. They really do. Um, but they're discussing their fantasies and plans to unite their affair legitimately and basically live in the open. Uh-huh. Denise. She's a good Christian. She couldn't divorce him because of religious beliefs, obviously. She doesn't want to deal with the issue of split custody, so they always have this kind of joking fantasy where it would just be better if if, um, he, died. if he just died, literally, if Mike just died. Um, so years after the affair happens, obviously 97 to 2000, it's been three years for an affair. That's a pretty long relationship that is. when you think about it. Three years in an affair, that's in a, a successful relationship going on simultaneously to what is presumed to be a successful relationship. Sure, so yeah. both Brian and Denise are handling successful relationships on side of their se- like successful secret relationship. <laughs> and they're all fucking best friends. And they're all high school sweethearts. It makes me not want to trust anybody in the I world. Know. Nick, I would, I would never fuck your wife. That's fine, because I, I would never you. fuck your wife either. But I isn't that exactly that. what Brian would say to Mike? That's and true, And isn't that exactly what Mike would say to Brian? I feel like they've said that. Like, after, like, high school graduation, they're at a bar together, and they're like, buddy, I, I, would, ne- I, I never would never fuck, fuck your niece, wife. man. I would never fuck her. I know, Mike's like, I never fuck Kathy, bro. Yeah. I, I just want to <laughs> love you too much, man. We're fucking homies. We'll, we, won't, we won't let a girl come between us. But here's where it gets tricky. Couple years later, 1999, Brian and Mike, always going on hunting trips together, always going on fishing trips together, because they're fucking best friends, right? They go to Car Lake, and you know, Car Lake, Car Lake, C A R R. So it's not that Floridian, but it's still pretty Floridian to be heard. Car Lake. It's like classy, but it's actually north of Tallahassee. Um, But Mike Williams, kind of a clumsy dude, apparently. 
fell into a mud hole on this trip. And um, good old Brian had already been a few years deep into this relationship and just, uh, you know, obviously the instinct came over him where, like, he saw the ground collapse beneath Mike and it was like quicksand and Mike was just, like, scrambling for help and screaming for his name. So Brian helped him out and pulled him out of it. But he had this thought in the back of his head while he was pulling Mike out of the mud was just like, if I had just let him drown right here, this would be so much. It easier. would be an accident. Yeah, no one would know, and I would be able to, you know, divorce Kathy and live with Denise and 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 just be happy. You know, like just fucking be happy. So yeah, and not like under. Yeah, you know, and not yeah. get in trouble for it. So the plan was born. Yeah. So he's all like apparently remembers telling Denise, and this is from the court case, and we'll get there, but I'm pulling the quote from it so I can tell it chronologically. That's how I wrote it in my notes. Um, He remembers telling Denise about the whole, you know, Mike falling in the mud and how if he just let him go, you know, this whole thing would just be easy. It would be so much easier, yeah. And very quickly, their whole fantasy about figuring out a way to not have to have divorce or split custody of children became reality. reality. Yeah, yeah. Literally, jinx fucking became reality. <laughs> and uh, Brian was just like, nobody would have known that I I wasn't there to like watch him fall. I could just said I was like, you know, a couple hundred feet up the trail and didn't hear him yeah, scream I didn't get or there something in time. like that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. dude, exactly. It's some last minute, yeah. So then December 16th, 2000, dub this chapter in my notes the secret fishing hole because it's just so sinister it's really like breaking bad it's where it starts getting breaking badish right so this is the secret fishing hole part he gets the idea and this is what he's going to do he has the idea to lead mike to what's called this this secret fishing hole hey don't tell Uh anybody you don't even tell your fucking wife Tell your wife that you're on a duck hunting trip alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to go. We're going to have a fucking good time. You know, you're about to go on your anniversary trip. You know what I mean? Let's just fucking have a good time. Like, let's do what we did before your fucking wedding where we just had a bunch of hookers. And we're just doing blowing lines of coke and off our rifles and shooting, you know, cans with our 22s and stuff like that, man. Let's just have a good time, you know? Just don't tell anybody, you know? So um, they head off, you know? They head off to this secret fucking fishing Mm -hmm. hole. And uh, this is where shit just gets super real and very dark very quickly. So it's Lake Seminole, where uh, the story originally where they found his Bronco, where they found his boat. Mm-hmm. They're out fishing and they're, you know, they're chatting, they're having normal conversation. And, and Mike whips his dick out. <laughs> <laughs> Mike uh, has a little fall off the boat, only he Uh-oh. doesn't get. He doesn't have a fall off the boat. He gets pushed off the boat by Brian. Okay. Brian shoves him off the boat. And Brian's thinking he's got all this heavy gear on and everything. It's like, you know, mu- drown, muddy right walk- water. There's a lot of, like, weeds and, and shit like that and algae in the water. He's just going to go down and drown, right? Yeah. But he's not going down. He's grabbing onto a stump. He's floating and blah, blah, blah. So they're kind of, you know, Brian just keeps circling him on the boat. And, and Mike is, like, screaming out, Brian, help, you know, blah, blah, blah. And... Brian gets all nice and close to the boat, maneuvers the boat all close, pulls out a gun and shoots Mike right in the fucking face. Why wouldn't he just put him back in the mud? Or something like that. That's like so much more incriminating. Shoots him right in the fucking face. Jesus. Pulls him into the boat, takes the boat over the shore, 
pulls him out of the boat. Oh my god. Takes him to a secret Smoke little spot. It. Which is very not unlike the mud holes. Yeah. Where he had the original idea, which would have been the fucking best idea what, in the first place. I know. It would have been perfect. Especially crime. if he had a gun on him, just be like, hey dude, get in the mud hole. You know what I mean? I'll yeah. shoot you in the fucking face. You know, I'd get in the mud <laughs> hole. Fuck, I'd rather get in the mud hole and get shot in the fucking did. face, you know, whatever. Like Yeah. Um, but he buries him out there, essentially, in these, like, muddy, sort of swampy areas. Um, and then, like I said, flash forward to 2005, he's divorced with his wife, Kathy, and gets married with Denise. But the kicker is, before this whole plan, he helped Denise write a bunch of insurance policies, uh-huh. life insurance policies, because Brian Winchester, by trade, is an insurance broker. That's where he gets extra Breaking Bad-ish. Um, so he, uh, helped her write this insurance, life insurance policy, gets all this money on it. And then, you know, just a few years later, only five years later after the death, he is now married to Denise and obviously cashing in on this money, um, cashing in on his hard earned fucking money and work. And then flash forward to 2016, basically everything's happily ever after until then failing marriage starts to happen because of what went on between them obviously you'd think the guilt would just drive you two apart right just rip you to shreds obviously any normal human being even if you had some like crazy floridian murderous rage in you so you can (laughs) be with your high school sweetheart's best friend like you still have a little bit of of humanity and you still have guilt you still get nightmares that's just human i mean cats get nightmares like dogs get nightmares like yeah you're gonna get nightmares from that shit um the marriage starts falling apart um you know, they're they're already planning to divorce. She's already going through with the divorce. She's going to be taking the children and blah, blah, blah. He already lost his kids and his divorce with Kathy. Um, so things turn ahead. He basically kidnaps her at gunpoint in one in her car one day on her way to work. Gets out of the backseat with a gun, puts it up to her fucking chest, and is basically like, <laughs> you know, you're going to fucking stop this divorce, and this shit is going to get better because you know what the fuck I'll do, you know? Yeah, you know what I'm capable of. Yeah. Um, she's like, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I know you love me. I love you too. You know, I'll stay, blah, blah, blah. And then she just goes straight to the police department. And, um, you know, I'll put the link to the videos of her giving the story in the police department. I mean, she's convincing anybody to believe her. You yeah. Know? And that's how these people are. They fucking, they're believable. Because that's the thing with these fucking people is... They blend is, in. Is, is, yeah, they blend in because they know that that's what it takes to not be questioned. So yeah. they're smart enough to be able to do it. And that's why it makes me not want to trust a single motherfucking person in my life because you never be able to know. If that this a fucking person, sociopath. Yeah, you never know <laughs> yeah. this person sitting next to you because of how fucking thought out every move that they take yeah. is. Everything they do has already been like, like three steps ahead. Like three yeah. days in advance even too. Yeah. You know, she might have already had this fucking whole story planned out like a week ahead of time. She's just waiting for him to snap. She might have even been egging him on too so that way she could do it. But boy, does it fucking blow up in her face because she puts, you know, the story in, and they pick up Mike or not Mike. I wish they picked up Mike. Mike is dead in a fucking ditch. Rest in peace. They picked up Brian. She poured out this coke. And to not drag the story out too long, Brian fucking just tells all, spills the fucking beans because he knows. I mean, he just must have been on edge at this point. I feel like this yeah, dude was just like cracked. riding on the fucking last like nerve he had and like that last nerve was like a ball hair thin like he was fucked at that point you know and he was just ready to just be like in jail and he was like fuck it at least i'm in jail i can get food and sleep you know what i mean like fuck it like 
fuck it, and told them. And somehow he only gets 20 years for kidnapping because he tells them the whole fucking story and how Denise was the one who went in on it all, and she was the one who inspired the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. And this guy must be the most cunning motherfucking insurance broker in the world because somehow he's able to get himself only 20 years for kidnapping while Denise gets picked up for this entire fucking thing. And I'm not to say how that she's innocent. She Life. <laughs> oh, Life in prison. And here's the thing is like I'm not even to say that she's innocent in this yeah. or that one person is more guilty than the other. But when you're thinking about it just in terms of logic justice, the person who gets shot or the person who shoots the motherfucker in the face and buries the body and helps write the insurance plan is the dude who does life, right? Yeah. Oh, no? He, yes, he arranged the whole thing. He like it was, he was the one yeah. who admittedly came up with the idea and on how to get away it. with it because of watching his buddies almost drown in a sinkhole. Oh, Brian, you cheeky son of a bitch. I, dude, 20 years in jail. I mean, granted, he'll be an old fuck when he gets out at this point. Yeah. But he's going to... He's going to be in there, like, counting days till he gets out, which is just, he shouldn't be allowed to, I feel like. Yeah. That's not fair, because his best friend, who literally got cucked into the dirt, <laughs> is, like, going to be able to, like, if heaven's a real place, watch over this motherfucker, get yeah. out, and live a life. <laughs> and probably still After have money stashed away. Oh, from, sure. Oh, dude, $1.75 million, even in That'll Florida? Last a while. Yeah, if especially you're sm- if you're as smart as Brian Winchester presumably is for getting only 20 years in prison for kidnapping and not life in jail for murder for being the one to pull the trigger on his best friend's yeah. face and then fuck his wife. <laughs> Even doing it, beho- like, don't people go to jail for fucking someone's wife just at that? No. Isn't isn't that something that happens? Can't you go to jail for like no? It's like grounds for like a divorce or whatever, and you don't have to pay. But it's like I don't think it's like you can't get in trouble for fucking someone's wife. If you fuck someone's wife, you're not gonna go to jail for it. No, no, I'm not saying you go to jail for it, but like in court, like there's some sort of. Way. I think it only factors into like divorce or like if it's like it's like speaks to someone's character in court. But Either I think way. that's as far as it goes. Either way, he shot his best friend in the face yeah. and then fucked his wife and like became Respect. the stepdad. <laughs> the stepdad to his kids and his kids were probably like, Oh man, I always wish Brian was our dad. <laughs> yeah, He's so well, cool. I know Brian smoked their dad. Brian smoked their dad in the face. He got got. And then married his wife. Like <laughs> and cashed in on it. It's just it's so wild. It's like some Floridian Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. It's like a modern love triangle. But honestly, I could go on for fucking years about this Floridian love triangle, but I don't want to because it really just it, it affects my ability to trust the people around me. Because I guarantee you Mike Williams didn't have a single fucking clue. I mean, I like to think that he maybe no, did. No, probably no suspicion. At some point, he was, like, maybe in that water after getting that, like, shove off and was probably, like, I fucking knew it. I Maybe, like, well, part of me likes to think that, like, when Brian pulled that gun on him, he was just like, you dirty fuck, I knew it this whole time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like... I can see that. I like too. The, the just the cinematic memory or the cinematic like imagination in my brain is just like he was just like you motherfucker oh, and then got shot bitch. in the face. Like he yeah. was like you son of a bitch and then got shot in the face. You know what I mean? Like yeah. something like that. Where he it's at least he got some sort of justification of being like at least he at his last moment he was like 
fucking I knew it. He called him out. You know, but like I don't like to think that he had no fucking clue that this was going on just under his fucking nose. So I really want to (laughs) move on from it because it's been plaguing me. And I wanted to do it last week when we had our original guest slated and (laughs) I just couldn't do it because our guest bailed. (laughs) <laughs> and it, 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 I've just been holding on to the story and every time Mac is like alright we're gonna record we're gonna record we got another guest and I'm like oh fuck you know scheduling fucked up we have to you know just do it between us I'm like can I please just do this Florida story I need to get it off my chest it's I can't great. trust the people around me I don't think I'll ever be able it's to it's like have. the pinnacle of like Florida it stories. is it's, it is it's it's in their top three I, and top I don't three, know yeah. what the other top two are but it's definitely I think top two is probably like dude eats other guys face like on ketamine or whatever remember, oh, okay, remember yeah, that yeah, one sure. I mean, yeah. that's a famous one. That guy's, like, naked, and he took, like, a few bullets. Oh, like, on basalt? Yeah, he was on basalt or something yeah, like that. And yeah, took, yeah. like, a few bullets before he actually got <laughs> taken down. Like, he was, like, running towards officers, like, <laughs> So, um, I, I, this is up to top three, but, like, even, you know, a basalt guy doesn't make me lose trust in my loved ones, whereas this one just, gosh, be careful, guys. Yeah. You, you never know, know who's going to uh, kill and cuff you. Like, gosh, be careful, yeah. folks. Be, be careful. You never there. know who's going to shoot you in the fucking face while telling you that they're taking you to a secret fishing hole. When in exactly. reality, they're taking you to your fucking death hole. So <laughs> Don't uh, go to any fishing holes. But any secret fishing holes. Really, though. But I think we're going to go to the break. Soon. Yeah, break, I would say. What do you got for us, Max? We got the song Fate by Hermit and the Recluse. Recluse? Recluse? <laughs> recluse, recluse, Mac recluse. and I are both having issues. I can't talk tonight. right now. You recluse, know what it is? You know hermit what it is? and the recluse. There it is, hermit and the recluse. The song is I called Fate. Right we got this. You know what it is? I think we just both need to channel that Scottish dude. Yeah, that's coming up in a lot of sound bites that we have for our second half. Oh yeah, George yeah. Fantassel. We're gonna be hearing a lot of him. You know, um, it was hard to find videos on him because every time I typed it in, I just found videos on how to make a tassel. Yeah, that's not helpful. Yeah, and that's not helpful. So uh, enjoy this break song, and then we'll hit you with all the research that we actually did on this one. So five ruins, was it my doing of fate? We made it through, we made it through, we made it through. So five ruins, was it my doing of fate? Is this prescripted, or am I doing it great? We made it through, we made it through, we made it through. Preoccupied with skin, then you vacant and soul. Young and in haste, you running in place if you chasing the foe. Son, we are earth value, worth your paper or roll. Pro destiny, she professed to me, put her faith in the pole. In a page over the gauges, all the ways I reload. Nothing sweet, I couldn't eat for no more savory rolls. Paid the price all my life to the site, now I'm breaking the codes. It's a book assignment for crooked miners, went straight to the pros. Assemble with grace and genuine place with figures exposed. We made it. We made it, 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 we figured it, figured it, figured it, I'm more literal, it dirt till I had a film, every score original, live and live it, I ain't pivot, when it was pivotal, since NATO held it stable when shit was most critical, how unique is if I speak it, I have visual, but careful, cause everything I say is admissible, survive ruins, was it my doing or fate? We made it through, we made it through, we made it through. Survive ruins, was it my doing or fate? Is this prescripted or am I doing it great? I spend 
infectious, that's infectious. My strain hard. Your tracks pull like fast forward, it's the same farce. They all dipping on the golden bitches, so my lane sparse. Whole story self-incriminating is the main part. Far's opponents, our darkest moments became ours. Dealt blackjacks over 21, wasn't playing cards from cold nights. Pray my low life, so I'll die supreme. Playing the leaping, can't be sleeping, trying to find your dream. I'm industrial revolution from forward. They out of steam. Your hood probably good Friday. My regime, Halloween. The whole of curb, show nerve. Never nervous. I swear these squares ain't our peers. This jury's read the verdicts. Insight can light a dark path with a better purpose. Go join the task with my boy in them past led the service. Dare you ever display your treasure? They at your chest, monks are falling. We all in ballin', they prayin' for next. Survive ruins, was it my doing or fate? We made it through, we made it through, we made it through. Survive ruins, was it my doing or fate? Is this prescripted or am I doing it great? We made it through, we made it through, we made it through. We made it through, we made it through, we made it through. That was a, honestly a perfect follow-up to that murderous story because now I just want to. I just want to follow anyone that um, that's just like cucking someone and then planning on murdering them and then just like pull some Punisher shit and just stab them in the gut a hundred times. While <laughs> I didn't see that show today. It's not that bad. Honestly, yeah. I, I my brother shouts out to Corey told mm-hmm. me to watch the show and to be honest, like, yeah, like. I mean, there's a lot to be said about like how much better they could have done it, but it's yeah, so, it's so it's fucking, not perfect, but it's, it's entertaining. so entertaining, <laughs> and the plot line is honestly like pretty fucking kick-ass. Like the idea of just like dudes working for um, a secret covert government, and they're just like they don't realize that they're just doing dirty work. Yeah, they've been working for because they're ass. contracted, you know, yeah. and they're just like working on some fucked up ass mission. Like that's pretty kick-ass of an idea. Yeah. Like, it's a pretty fucking sick. It's a really good concept. Yeah, it's cool. I really fucked with it, but um, that that song just made me want to like pull some Punisher shit or something. <laughs> like it was just a good like mellow. Like, shout out to Derek. I think he showed me that. Yeah, shout out to Derek. And honestly, I don't mind that it kind of sounds like Jadakiss a little bit because like Jadakiss hasn't really been doing Jadakiss lately. So like I didn't really hear his recent things. It, to be honest, yeah, it's because there's not it? that much, oh. you know. So yeah, yeah. um, it's cool to just see like people still fucking with that style. <laughs> Yeah, they have like the whole like Rizalda records thing. They kind of all have that sort of vibe, that droney sort yeah. of like monotone kind of like, I don't know, like Jaded. There's a lot to be said about how fucking influential he is in hip hop, dude. He's the for man. sure. But this this segment we got coming up has nothing to do with fucking hip hop or murder. We're back be, on George Horn Russell. We're we're back on our UFO alien bullshit tip. <laughs> and this is gonna be fun because this one is honestly like I know that we always rip on most of us like it's funny because we didn't even realize it till we looked back but sometimes most of our topics are just kind of us picking stories that we can fucking make fun of and yeah fun. shit on but yeah. this one is honestly um, I think it's a good start for us on channeling like I said earlier because it's it's believable oh for sure and he's like and he's someone like what like what we said in the first half he just blends in he blends in and on he's top like a, of that he's a nuclear head ass 
dad. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like most, Mac did um, the majority of the research on this. This is going to be his topic here because I really just handled the first half on the fucked up shit and I just wanted to take a breather and let Mac do this one. So <laughs> Mac's going to handle most of this one. But, I mean, I have a little bit of a segment. That's funny. But it should be... Um, it should be trippy for you guys to hear how heady these conversations were in the 60s and, and how heady um, he was in the 60s. Like, this shit's Yeah, this doesn't stuff. even be getting the grasp, that whole interview. The whole interview, there's so many. It's incredible. In. Yeah, yeah, like, what we pulled the, the uh, soundbite from for the intro, like, um, it's amazing. It really is just amazing to see from, like, what was it, 62 or 64? 63. 63, actually, so it's right in the middle. Um it's incredible just to watch these guys sit there and have, you know, an interviewer who's actually like, <coughs> you know, balances skepticism with like a, uh, uh, like just like this plausibility yeah, kind of uh, emotional sort of connection to how he connects with George Van Tassel in this interview, but then also just kind of is like grilling him to the same sense where he's like, you realize the oh, things he really that you're saying are unbelievable right <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean and that's what's like so incredible just seeing the 60s like this conversation go down and i'm like why hasn't there ever been any media like this since then like what being covered by a real news outlet like this it's just really incredible yeah because there's even like a quote where it's like uh the interviewer is like he's well because uh george von tassel we'll just we'll get into it later but he's like talking about his like first encounter and an interviewer says, well, I'm breathless. Like, this is crazy. Like, I'm breathless. And then uh, George said, well, so was I. And then the interviewer said, yeah, but I'm also a skeptic. <laughs> no, I'm also a cynic. Oh, a cynic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I love that. Honestly, I'm also cynical, is what he said. What's funny is that we I couldn't even find the name of that guy, that Scottish dude. Yeah, dude, I want to find him. He was really great. I would like to see other programs, and it would be cool to pull, like, future research to see who else he's interviewed. I, I don't know if this was, like, really out of the blue for him, but it looked like he had been, you know, he's almost like a George Knapp kind of type where he sits there and is able to handle someone making these, like, extraordinary claims and be mm. able to, like, you know, go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him but still be able to keep up with, his, like, journalistic integrity and being, like, you realize that you're saying pretty un- believable things and it yeah. requires a lot of, of backup and claim and evidence and do you have any you know and that's what's like really cool to see George Van Tassel be challenged in that way and, and it's cool he handles it well it's really amazing so we'll put that in the links for the um, show notes I mean this is there's not that many links for the show notes on this one just because we pulled research from just like really a handful of just really good sources yeah. on this one so it'll be easy for you guys. It's great to watch. It's only 25 minutes long. It's incredible. I mean, it's really just fun to see, and it's great to think about the time period and the fact that it's a real um, it's a real interview and not something from, like, a sci-fi movie. Yeah, just it's like cool. a real normal-ass dude. But um, let's let's go into who George Van Tassel actually is. I'm going to let Mac handle this fucking shit. Okay. And I have a little bit of observations on him later, but <laughs> it should be fun. So George, he's like... Let's take a bong rip while you do this. Go, this go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. George, he's just an average American man with a background in av aviation and a dream in his heart. No, but between 1930 and 1947, he worked as an aircraft mechanic and a flight inspector for Douglas Aircraft, Hughes Aircraft, and Lockheed. Lockheed Martin? Yeah. Okay, so he's doing, like, like big-budget aerospace sort of contracting work. Oh, very. Like yeah, private so he's sector very smart. Shit. Private sector stuff. So yeah. he's a legitimate guy. I wonder if 
he didn't get like 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 no names, right? You can look him up and see that he actually worked on those companies as staff. I'm sure. I think so. This is I think it was before they were no naming people. Because well, when I googled him, I found it. So yeah. yeah. But while he was working at a garage, he met a mysterious man named Frank Kritzer, or like Frank Kripser. Frank Kri- Frank Brit Britzer. Brits. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this guy claimed to work at Big Rock. Which okay. is literally a big rock. It is just a big ass rock. If it's anything from what it sounds like, it's just a giant rock, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then Frank Kritzer was murked by the FBI for originally being a German spy. Wow. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. After Frank died, George moved into the hole that uh, Frank excavated because he was a prospector. Interesting. So I'm cu- I'm curious if like. His move to to Big Rock, that kind of like move to seclusion, was because of like you know maybe one of his colleagues being outed as like a German spy and being fucking killed by the FBI. And he was oh, just sure. like, I'm just gonna take a bit. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take a beat and and uh, move to the desert, live under a big rock. Yeah, like be one of those people with it. Yeah, literally. But I don't know. I just kind of brought Frank into it because I kind of thought it was a weird transition because it seemed like. It seemed like George had like a pretty normal job for a man his age at that time, and then yeah. it seemed like maybe Frank was that transition into. It's a bit of a heavy sort of like uh, turn in the chapter too, when you think about it. Um, not that it really adds any like credibility to his story, but it's just like there's one little chapter in his story where it's like, oh, one of his fucking friends was outed as a German spy and killed by the FBI. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of like or colleagues. Like, that's kind of just like a, uh, damn, the shit, this dude was at least, it, and le- lends credence to the fact that he was involved in some serious shit. I yeah. Guess, or he was surrounded by people who were involved in serious shit and doing things like, yeah, being German at spots. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking gnarly, man. It's crazy. It's gnarly. So, yeah, then he moves <laughs> to, to a big rock in the desert. Yeah, and then there's an airstrip that was close to them, so they, George just bought that, too. Wow, so he bought an airstrip and bought, like, the property with a giant boulder on it. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> and he went and, like, pretty much inside the boulder with his family. I, I remember seeing, you know, some photos of, like, uh, like the architecture of what he created within the boulder and underneath the boulder. And it looked like actually a pretty cool-ass home. Oh, yeah, dude. It almost looked like, uh, it, like, reminisced of, like, like, if anyone has ever, like, been familiar with the designer Eames, like, he's got, like, a living room where, like, his sofas and stuff are like concreted into the walls kind of thing it's like a really cool sort of like module not not modular but like a design that's i, I don't know it's beautiful but like the, i think that he was almost inspired by something like that and did a very similar vibe like it was a probably for sure he created beautiful space but when was he around uh eames yeah uh to be honest probably simultaneous to uh, his life Oh, okay. Maybe even prior Could to, be. he might be like he. Th- it is a good chance that he was familiar with his work when he was doing it. But oh, like, okay. it, it's cool that he ended up making a really great space out of it. Like, it, it didn't did. seem like he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna move to the desert, live under a rock." Like, he actually made like almost like like a penthouse. Like, he made sweet. the best of it. Yeah, yeah, sure. it was beautiful. And then, yeah, like you said, he bought a fucking airport. Like, the dude's a high roller. Like, he was honestly living his best life. It sounded like. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It is it's kind of like a you know blue collar American job, like kind of like a, we, like, a like, like a higher call, like a zany, um, like a zany scientist. You know, yeah. like like if he was your uncle, you'd be like, oh, my uncle, he works for like Lockheed Martin and builds shit for NASA and just bought this like boulder and this like airport in the middle of the desert and like built a mansion underneath <laughs> it. He's the fucking coolest guy ever. Like, 
bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, no, I swear to God, he's the coolest fucking dude ever. Dude, like, I swear. He sounds like a fucking hotshot, like a really rad dude. Oh, for sure. Where did shit get trippy for this guy? Okay, so in I 19- mean, it's already pretty trippy, to be honest. Yeah. Living under a boulder and buying an airfield. But, like, when did it get really trippy? So, 1953, he claimed that uh, four men came down in a spaceship. And they uh, claim they that they own technology that they wanted to show him that uh, could make a time machine. I guess there's a whole formula they had to make a time machine. I'm taking a bong rip right now. This and, is uh, too good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, human rejuvenation. They are capable of that as well. And you know later on Nick will actually get into the human re- rejuvenation part of it. Setting Woody Allen for a second. <laughs> yes, the human re- the Integratron is, I think, what he coined, or I think that was later yeah. coined the Integratron. Integratron. Um, it sounded like maybe he was doing like a bunch of peyote out there, like just finding cactus. That's what doing I would peyote and something like that. That's what I would think, but it's just like in the interview and stuff. He just seems like so. L, he he's a well yeah. put together. I would have guessed he was a businessman. He seems like a suit. He really does. And he's in a suit. He looks like a suit. Like, and he talks like a suit. Oh, totally. Oh, he's in a suit. Yeah, yeah. He talks like a suit. Like, obviously, everyone in the 60s wore, like, some sort of leisure suit when they went out, especially if they're being in an interview. Oh, of course, yeah. What I mean by, like, a suit, like, he he speaks like like an FBI agent, like a CIA agent or something like that. Like, not necessarily he looks like that, but he speaks very eloquently about that. You can't catch him off guard is what I mean. Like, if, if you try to, like... Say, oh, so what about these uh, aliens? And you try to maybe uh, catch his story on a weird spin. You try to get him to uh, say something different. He doesn't. He doesn't. He at doesn't. all. He doesn't ever. And if you say, like, oh, well, what about, you know, it sounds a little fantastical to think that, like, these aliens could land in the desert and blah, blah, blah. And then he immediately, like I said, we'll put this in the show notes. But he immediately backs it up with how it could happen. You know, and he's yeah. always he's always on, the, on his toes. And it just... He doesn't seem like he would be doing peyote in the desert, you know. <laughs> like, but he, but the story sounds like he was on like a full dose of just like some oh yeah heavy ass like ayahuasca or some shit. Either he's an amazing liar or he's just fucking delusional. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, like, like when when stories are this fantastical, yeah, it's easy. It's just as easy to think that he's being paid by the government to uh, make up stories like that to mislead them from true, true. cold cold war tactics, things like that. Because I mean, there's a lot to be said about what the U.S. government did during Cold War to still monitor, um, you know, Soviet interactions you yeah know, soviet movements you know they did a lot of spooky and weird shit stuff that you know would sound like sci-fi novel stuff to you right now yeah which i mean it could be do a cool episode to do like a cold war episode that would be fun to do that would be you cool it's about cold war part and maybe take, take, take like a yeah like a paranoia uh take on it sort of all the weird shit that happened and, and all the paranoia that was like you know expunged from the cold war but when you think about it this guy um you know he would have been the guy leading those dudes in sure. situations like that. Like, he would have been the guy passing on the knowledge to guys who uh, dealt with situations like Cold War. And, you know, it, it's pretty interesting to think that he also uh, saw fucking aliens in the desert. It's fucking and they insane. Landed. So, you so, would never guess. So let's go on. So they land in the desert, and then what? <coughs> they give him plans. They give him, like, uh, technology or whatever. They give him information. Yeah, so on August 24th, 19 visit... <laughs> 19... Here's our speech impediments coming back. Yeah, he claims that on uh, August 24th, 1953, he was visited by an alien leader named Zuganda. 
Uganda. <laughs> yeah, they're aliens. <laughs> Uganda. The, that little like right wing knuckles meme just pops out of the shit. Oh god, is that like, show me the way? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh There's a little taste god. for our right wing fans. <laughs> if we have it. any alt right fans, I hope, I, I hope we fucking don't. But there you go. There's your there's your little joke that you did. <laughs> the Uganda knuckles thing. Okay, anyway, so. So Uganda, he claimed that he... Uh, <laughs> it just really sounds like Uganda. Okay. Zuganda. Zuganda. Yeah, and so he was... Uh, yeah, so apparently he gave him the secrets <laughs> for, you know, human rejuvenation and the formula for a time machine. You know, all the standard shit that yeah. you get from ETs when they land in your desert uh, airport outside of your big rock mansion. Yeah, and so, like, you know, Zuganda, he was a good... Da- he was a good... Good? Good? Fucking Dude, host. see, we can't speak today. So he's a good host. Uganda's a good host. How so? <laughs> he like he invited him up. He beamed him up. Beamed him, beam me up, Scotty. Yeah, there so you go. he is like an anti because the ship was anti gravity, so they're just beaming. Of him course, up. like that. You yeah, know, all that technology we've already heard about. Bashar even talk about you know anti grav technology for sure. And that was this wasn't a scout ship, mind you. And then they go to the kind to of a mother ship. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. I've, we've dude. That that's such a like. You know what's funny is that this is is an old story, like 60s. I mean, UFO stories go back before that. Even Roswell happened before that. But, like, when you think about it, that became a standard in UFO stories at this point, that, like, these ships are all, like, scout ships for... for and, like, when, when like, ab- like abductees tell their stories, they're all, like, beamed up, and then they're taken to a mothership. Like these, yeah, these, exactly. The UFO saucers, the little Always triangles, the little triangles you see, they're just for, like, in our atmosphere, and then they take you to a mothership, and the mothership is, like, usually in orbit around Yeah, Earth. they're just, like, Duffy, or not Duffy, it's, like, the, like, Yeah, like a Duffy boats. boat. Yeah, 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 yeah. like a Duffy boat. Those on, like, a bigger yacht. Oh, literally, like, it's, yeah. like, their, their way of, they just come Or, like, a whaler on the side of a yacht. And it's funny yeah. because, like, he's... He was probably one of the first people to introduce that aspect of the story into UFO abductions, you know? For sure. You know, and it became a standard, which is cool. Like, I I mean, this... Because when there's, like, patterns like these in alien... In, like, alien stories, it's like... Either all these people are experiencing the same things, or they're all ripping off one guy. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? let's put a little soundbite of, of him speaking right here. All right, let me get this straight. In other words, you're telling me, like H.G. Wells imagined 50 years ago, that everything that happened in time is still there to be seen by the recreation electronically of a thought which exists. Uh, Jack, uh, you know how you uh, talk into a tape on a tape recorder and play the interruptions back, identical to the uh, play that you made. Uh, The Earth's magnetic field is uh, the same way. You can put interruptions into it and play them back out of it. Now, where was this experiment conducted? It was conducted in Santa Monica by an associate of mine. Why hasn't this hit the headlines throughout the world? That's a time machine in action. In fact, you uh, Jack, uh, the reason it hasn't hit the world is because, uh, uh, as I understand it now, the Navy Department uh, took him and the research over. There you go. Like honestly, his his voice when you when you get to hear him speak about it, like you get to hear even the interviewer who always takes the opportunity to be a skeptic and to call him out and say like these are fantastic claims and you yeah. need evidence. You know, like you know, give us more. Um, you even get to hear his voice be like, like, damn, dude, like, you're fucking, you're on your shit. Like, it, it's hard, it's hard for me to, uh, to interview in the way that I felt like he wanted to interview him. That Scottish guy kind of yeah. almost wanted to be like, you're fucking wild, you're crazy. Yeah. You know? 
but he, he, he got into, you know, what was like, hopefully an interview that changed that guy's career. I mean, I, yeah. I know a lot of great art isn't noticed until, you know, retrospect and after someone is already dead. Like Van Gogh, say Van Gogh. Like, his yeah. artwork didn't become famous until after. Way death. after. You know, yeah. so, like, people like that, like, I would hope to think that that interview changed the course of that dude's career because of how <laughs> incredible it was. It was a great interview. But to yeah. be honest, you, you get to see and you get to hear his voice. If you go to our notes, you get to see it. But in that little soundbite, you get to hear him kind of just really believe a little bit almost let guard it down let his guard down a little bit it's yeah. pretty incredible um, he's not too biased with it like he lets the audience know he's like I don't believe this but he's like but he gives him a chance so though, so where right? does it go from here when he gets these plans because obviously he's he's already in the media once he starts living in Big, big Rock and buy, buying that um, airstrip people are already like kind of talking about him a little bit and then yeah. once he has this experience people are talking about him because he has plans but what does he end up doing he takes the formula that they gave him and he gave it and he uh brings it to a lab in chicago and supposedly they made it there and it's four stories tall supposedly and it's like being tested and had great results apparently okay so so he has a team at this point right? yeah yeah and um it's that's not hard to believe because when you when you really like in that interview well he's like an aero science even in that science in that little clip we played like it's somebody that you would if you were sitting across the table from and he were telling you this shit like dude you you wouldn't even have the balls to be like bullshit dude yeah you wouldn't and then it would get to the point where you listen to him long enough where you'd be like okay how do i join your team what can i do <laughs> yeah you know and then it gets to the point where he's yeah so you're helping convincing. this dude build some four story tall fucking time machine life rejuvenating structure in the middle of the desert under the presumption that he got these plans from a fucking ufo that you weren't there to see you know like that's that is very very th- think about that like would you do that if some dude just walked if some up to dude you came up to yeah no but but he could easily be bullshitting that but that's too. what i mean that's that, and thing. that's what's crazy about it is that you get all of these people who are scientists yeah. To run these tests and to, to create, like they said, it used very similar technology to Tesla coils. No, but what I mean is he could be bullshitting that there's even experiments going on. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, very true. He could be lying about the whole aspect of what is even yeah. happening. That he even has a team in the first place. He yeah, because the interviewer kept saying, he's like, how have we not heard about this then? How have we not heard about any That of is these very things? true. He does say that multiple times, that Scottish yeah. dude. He does actually like say, like, why is this not in the news yet? And I think his response to it was was something along the lines of just like, you know, like it will be. Yeah, he's like the FBI knows that's going to come out eventually. So basically, you know, fuck it. Yeah, Yeah. like I think he even says something like literally along those lines. Yeah, just like he basically says the nineteen. Yeah, the nineteen fifties, sixties equivalent. Nineteen sixties equivalent. (laughs) Early sixties. Of fuck it. Yeah. Where it's just like he knows that the stuff's gonna come out eventually. He's like, it's not out yet because we're working on it. He's like, it will be. He's like, I'm talking about it right now. He's like, this is it coming out, you know, which is actually yeah. pretty, a pretty good stance to take on it if you're lying. <laughs> yeah, and you can even say like, I can't say too much about it right now because that's bo- you know that's pretty valid too. But if I, mean? I mean, I wish there that there was something that we could do for. I mean, maybe if you like you. Hopefully you guys follow our Instagram at Goy's Next Door Pod. If you don't, um, maybe we'll post a couple clips from this. Like I mostly post bullshit memes, but I think that it's like 
it's something honestly something really cool to see like for sure from the 60s like i i kept saying it while we were watching this 25 minute interview we watched it like four times in a row just because we kept talking over it but i was like <laughs> it's so incredible to just see these conversations that sound like an l ron hubbard novel being it's had that are like serious across the table with someone who works confirmed seriously works in the um contracted aerospace engineering world like like Lockheed Martin like that that is such a huge name even still like sure. like 70 years later that is a gigantic name in the private sector not private sector but contracted sector for aerospace engineering like Lockheed Martin is gigantic you get a job there I mean you retire there hopefully yeah unless you get fired for being an idiot no, you know yeah, I mean? he's you retire accomplished. Like he's an accomplished person to be making claims like Venus aliens landing on his fucking airfield and claiming that is is well that that's a, the thing that's kind of that's that's one of the things that is kind of confusing about it some people say well in some interviews he says he has no idea where they came from but then in some like articles it says venus so i find that kind of strange and, and what's weird is that a lot of this stuff is uploaded you know it's it's you know like we said like 60 years past the time that it happened yeah so a lot of this stuff is uploaded without timestamps, so it's hard for us to actually put it together whereas Maybe he had a separate experience where he found out they were from Venus, and, and that's when he started saying that they were from Venus or something. So it, it's honestly hard to put down the stories. So if anybody that listened to it maybe even knows a little bit more on George Van Tassel than we do, fucking hit us up, and, and we'll talk to you about it. Because that's the one aspect about it that did trip us up is the fact that, like, you know, in one interview they're from Venus, and in another interview he has no idea they're from. Yeah, so it's either a hole in the story or just, like, Someone along the way bullshitted it, yeah. and then, yeah, it picked up. But what's but, really great is the fact that the Integratron is still standing. Oh, no, for sure. <laughs> it's so awesome. We'll get to that next. But, like, he's, but the funny thing about the time machine is he says there's no time factor involved with the time travel, which is, sounds really strange. But the way he explained it is, like, uh, there are two fields we know now. The electric field and magnetic field. And he says there's a third one, and it's called a time zone. And so he says one of his associates, Charlie Hartz, supposedly discovered that the magnetic field works like a voice recorder. So, like, he's saying that they put a coupler into Earth's magnetic field and had pulled TV shows out of the air that had already played. So it's almost like, like it's, a, it's another... It's another uh, um, quadrant of our, like, dimension. Exactly. Well, like obviously, time is all uh, is is a is a aspect of our dimension. But he's meaning like alongside of time runs just like this recorded aspect of it that's always there. Like time linear. Yeah. Like you go back, it'll be there. Those events will be always happening. You could take a photo of fucking Caesar's army. I think is what he said. Or yeah, like for that. sure. He said that the Gettysburg Address. Well, that's what he says. He wants to, that's the next point. But he wants to put out like a magnetic camera. And like send it through, uh, you know, send it through time and film like the Gettysburg Address. Trippy and, yeah. conversations going down. It's historical events on black and white footage. You know, and these so, dudes casually, about so casually, it's so stoic too because he doesn't, he doesn't seem crazy. He seems like a fucking military like lieutenant or just a fucking um. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> or like a fucking banker or something. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, he sounds like he could be. Um, 
like a character from Punisher, like some fucking dude yeah. giving orders to some fucking sixties. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> literally. But what's funny when you said that is the electromagnetic aspect of it. Is that something that um, so the one structure structure that still stands today that George Van Tassel built is the Integratron. Yeah, and I mean. It is just a very trippy structure, in my opinion. Uh, the whole story <laughs> behind it, the lore behind it is fun. The George Van Tassel lore behind it, the fact that he was building, like, you know, a time machine rejuvenation building over top of electromagnetic uh, hotspot on the Earth, apparently. Um, it drawed a lot of hippies, as you would expect, when the 70s came around. What is it? Grateful? What? Oh, deadheads. Deadheads, yeah. Deadheads. deadheads. <laughs> like, modern deadheads are there right now. <laughs> But this Kevin Hart, just kidding, Charlie Hart, Charlie Hart, okay, okay. George also claims that this, uh, that Charlie Hart had been able to bounce signals off the ionosphere and locate submarines. Who the fuck is Charlie Hart? That's, it's just like associate he has that he's kind of like vague about, and he didn't say his name at first, but he's saying that the Navy took over the experiments and are like kind of keeping it secret. I mean, that sounds almost realistic though. Yeah. It sounds like, extent. like I mean, to to a layman, you know, it sounds like something that like if you were told right now that that technology exists, you'd be like, oh, that sounds cool. Well, yeah, it's Cold War paranoia too. So they're like, let's keep everything on the DL. Yes, <laughs> so true, so true, so true. But uh, but like ten years after the first visit in 1963, he claims that they visited again, but this time they drove down to the uh, his airstrip, and you know they were able to make. And he's like, well, like, prove to me that you're the aliens that I saw. Because he's kind of like bullshit at first. And the first, so he's thinking that maybe at this point someone might be fucking. With yeah, him. exactly. Okay, because the first time they came in, in in a ship, and this time they're in a fucking car. Yeah, okay. and and he's like, he's like, prove to me. He's like, prove to me you guys are aliens. And I like, like that he's that he ad- includes that in his story though, because it's it's proving makes that he's more a bit believable. skeptical. Skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's and then they're like, okay, watch this. And they pointed three people across the street and, like, made them disappear and reappear again. Jesus. And fuck. he made them do this, like, three different times. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Okay. You guys are legit. So that's what our Scottish uh, um, intro guy was talking about. Making yeah. people disappear and reappear in front of your eyes. Exactly. Wild. Being a chosen one. But, you know, like, what we're talking about, though, uh, what Nick was just talking about, He's most known for the building the Integatron yes. for human rejuvenation. Because that's and the only research that I that, over. that I did really was the Integratron. Um, now I'm about it down this forty. Down this forty while I tell people <laughs> about these. Because the only thing I know modern about the Integratron, and I'll tell you, my first experience with the Integratron was years before I even started this podcast. I was doing a job photo shooting or uh, photo shooting. Wow, that sounds absolutely <laughs> autistic. I was doing a job doing a, that's why I don't get photo shoots anymore. I was doing a job doing a photo shoot uh, for Coachella for the company Vans, and um, I was getting a ride back with uh, one of the guys I was doing the shoot with, and we were getting a ride back from uh, like a security guard in a golf cart to the tent section where we were like set up camp and everything, giving away shoes and all this shit, and photographing people doing like beer bongs and being absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I actually got paid for it, which is cool. <laughs> so we're getting this golf cart ride back. And this guy's telling this, us this story about the job he was working on before he came out to Coachella. 
And our coworker, my coworker, um, had known this guy from working on a few jobs with him before. Um, it was actually kind of a weird situation. I was like, how do you even know this guy? It was just kind of weird. I was already like cross-faded as fuck. Um, but uh, so this guy proceeds to tell us that he worked at a place called the Integratron. And I was like, well, that sounds like some Transformer shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. Go on and tell me. And he's like, oh, well, they do crystal sound bath healing there. Like these, these two girls <laughs> own it. These two girls own it, and um, you go, you meditate there, and they do these crystal ba- sound baths there, and it's mm-hmm. built by this trippy scientist who was trying to build a time machine and blah, 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 and he was silenced by the government, and, you know, these people bought the foreclosed property and turned it into what it was supposed to be, and now, um, you know, you can, like, harness the power of rejuvenation there. Yeah. Apparently. So I watched a bit of a clip from this lady, and she had no information on who she was because I assume she was maybe trying to just, like, be a little bit discreet about it. She was pretty hot, though. Um, but she looked like a de- desert lizard. That's kind of <laughs> what I call, like, that stereotypical person that just, like, bakes out there in the sun all day. Yeah, yeah. And they speak With bad all, sunglasses. And yeah, yeah, and they speak <laughs> all calm with, like, that bobbed haircut, that, like, just above the shoulders, like, yeah. haircut with those, like, matrix neo sunglasses like you mentioned and they just speak like they're like um doing a podcast about falling asleep on audible or something yeah you yeah. know uh and it's very soothing yeah so I, I i i just i call her amy because that's just what she looks <laughs> like so there's no name so I'll, I'll reference her as amy and that's what i'll say here so um she goes on to speak about a guy who uh acquired the property um, for like a music video or something like that. It was kind of vague. She said for a song, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, what would it be for inspiration for a song? Did he and I just assumed for yeah. like, yeah, maybe he recorded music in the space. Oh, it was, they said it was right? very great acoustics mm-hmm. there. He's built like it's it's incredibly acoustically like enhanced soundscape. It's it yeah. just sounds amazing. You go in there and you clap your hand, and it just sounds beautiful for some reason you know you could fucking rip ass in there and it would just like bring a tear to your (laughs) eye because it sounds so good so this guy named yogananda which is funny because it's such a similar name to the zuganda yeah aliens that told him about building it so and he's like a um like a, a guru like a uh like a yoga guru, spiritualist kind of guy. He has disciples, and he leads meditation in this place after he builds it and realizes how you know incredible the structure is. Yeah. Um, so Yogananda, he originally had like a retreat house in 29 Palms, so he's already doing shit like this beforehand. Um, and what's weird about it is that all, all three of George Van Tassel's daughters – he only had three daughters. All three of them apparently married confirmed disciples of Yogananda. Oh, shit. Which is odd because yeah. apparently they all started to hang out. Like all of his daughters continued to hang out at the Integratron once Yogananda took over the, the, the structure and cleaned it up and started to make it nice. Mm-hmm. They said this took over the course of like 12 years. Amy, apparently. I call her Amy. Like I said, Amy <laughs> and a friend of hers, which she doesn't mention, um... It doesn't mention a name. It's it's hard to find the names of the people who actually operate it. And um, said over the course of 12 years, they worked with Yogananda on cleaning up the space and making it like, you know, a a retreat, a place where they could come and give these crystal sound baths. And they told him, like, oh, if you don't sell us this property before you pass away, when we pass away, we'll haunt you forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Then they sold um, it to them. So he sold it to them, and now they continue to do these crystal, like, sound baths out of it or whatever. 
but she said um, that the whole place it's on an intersection of geomatic geomagnetic energy. It's been measured by scientists with instruments. She literally just a word by word. I'll put the I'll put the link she in there. She's saying like ancient things. She's so <laughs> fucking so vague and yeah. like calm and like sweet sounding, but she yeah. also sounds like an idiot at the same time. It's hilarious. So it's it's like an intersection. She should be talking yeah, yeah, yeah. Sleep. So has been measured by scientists with instruments in quotes in my notes here. There's a huge spike of geomagnetic energy in the center of the dome with an aquifer underneath it. And then she goes on for like 35 seconds to talk about how like an aquifer underneath their place is like the greatest fucking thing since the Great Wall of China. Like there's only two aquifers in the entire fucking world. I was like, bitch, I grew up in the woods in Pennsylvania with like a spring-fed well underneath my house. (laughs) She's like, we're 85 feet to to fresh water. And I'm like, my well growing up was 45 feet to fresh water, bitch. Like why are you spending so much time talking about the Integratron but harping on like this aquifer underneath it? Like yeah. she spends more time talking about the aquifer underneath it than, than, actual the, than the geomagnetic energy and all this shit. Yeah, you know all what I mean. She just things. brushes over it. Um, but they, I, I assume she bought the Integraton to just like lay low there and do drugs and be weirdos. <laughs> but uh, it's just weird that like there's this lasting impression that he left. And it's amongst these just weird desert people that acknowledge the same sort of concepts that he was talking about, like electromagnetic energy and all this kind of shit. Yeah. But it's just, it just, I get this vibe that it's, it's, it never got finished, you know? The Integratron or just like the whole like premise like, of Like his work, like the building yeah. of time it's machine. It's very half kind of stuff. It, it it sounded so full baked though in this interview it with did. this guy. Like it sounded so ready to be finished. Well, he died like ten years later, I think. And, and it wasn't under suspicious. This is a heart attack. Yeah, it was just a heart attack. I mean, I'm. But then you know, you know what's the government though? has a heart attack gun I was, and shit like that. You took too. the words out of my lips. I was yeah. gonna say, you know what's fucked though is that like you can even find videos now. Seventy eight. Apparently, it's confirmed that the CIA had a heart attack. Yeah, there's like there's footage of like, like literally a real thing. Like, so Jesus. I mean, even if you die of a heart attack, like literally real a real heart attack. Yeah, it could be that the CIA shot you with some like frozen bullet that melts and there's no trace and it just leaves a little pinpoint on your skin that doesn't even look different from a freckle <laughs> and then all of a sudden you die of a heart attack. Forty five minutes later. And no one knows why, and it's because the CIA wanted you to shut the fuck up and stop working on what you were working on. So maybe he was silenced, and but what sucks is that like this Amy bitch is just there doing what I assume <laughs> is just like peyote and like like strumming on crystals. It just like fucking like paraphrasing his writing. Yeah, literally <laughs> ancient and buttons. telling people about how fresh the water is underneath yeah. it. I mean, when you're in a desert, I guess that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Not to like I guess to backtrack a little bit, the aquifer is pretty cool in the desert, but like at the same time, like I mean, you're just strumming on crystals and, and making money and just sounding like a weirdo. Yeah. And George Van Tassel, I, I just I would I just to me in a perfect world some UFO nut acquired the property and is trying to make it a time machine still. 
Yeah, you know, Zach's really trying to fulfill. You know, in my yeah, in, in a perfect reality, this guy's like, or this female, or this transgender, or this whoever the fuck they are is just because it's 2019. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm, it's they, they are trying to make it a time machine they are trying to make it the real integratron where you step into it and because you know what's funny since amy bitch was all like naming the the like famous people that come out yeah to it and and she's naming just b celebrities and then she just drops charlize theron and goes on as if she didn't really like recognize who charlize theron was and i was like hold up hold up hold up that's hold the up, biggest hold up, person you said yeah i'm like if you're claiming this thing is rejuvenative and makes you stay young and Charlize Theron's going Yeah, there. then it's worth it. <laughs> There's a decent chance that it might work on some people. Yeah. I'm not claiming that Charlize Theron is the only person it's working on just because, she, what, she's like some Aryan, like oh blonde hair, blue eyes, only works on Aryans. <laughs> Jesus. No, what I mean is it might work on other people, but Charlize Theron is the only one out of the celebrities she was naming that I was like, okay, this chick is actually fighting time with yeah. her looks, literally. She gets like prettier and prettier every year. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. Um, quick shout out to uh, Christina Applegate as well. I don't, I don't know, know if she's too. been to the Integratron, but it would make a lot of sense if she did visit the Integratron at some point. But um, like, there's no real credence to any of the shit that Amy talks about, other than Charlize Theron being there and the fact yeah. that she fights time with her looks. Um, whereas George Tanned asshole actually has a lot of credence to his work his portfolio his resume and then to never be able to finish his work and to just have like amy there yeah just ringing it's kind of sad it's kind of a, a, a yeah. it's kind of a, a shitty reality it's a shattered reality i would like to see someone just outbid her on like a property uh dispute and 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 win that property over and then try to continue to make it a time machine and maybe summon channel maybe we bring bashar out there to channel these aliens because really the only channeling he does or did in this and this isn't really a channeling episode this is a, just another tiptoe into the subject yeah for sure um, transition because the only channeling he did was just getting the, the uh, plans to start the Integratron which yeah they kind of just gave that apparently he, he got it up and running and ran some tests but never quite finished yeah which just it's just and like the research that <sighs> his buddy was doing too like that seemed like it could have been it, it's a very bit, helpful. It's a bit depressing that um, Amy's just there. Yeah, Amy's holding his legacy. You know, not to talk shit yeah. on Amy too hard because I'm sure she lives a rad fucking life, but it's just a bummer that there's no one trying to like do what he wanted with it. Yeah, yeah. or just I don't just try. You know, I don't know. Let's get some channelers out there. Let's start a <laughs> GoFundMe to. Take the Integratron off of Amy's hands and uh, try to turn it into a time machine if you guys are down. <laughs> exactly. I don't know about you, Mac, but I think I need to go to sleep. Oh, I'll be too. We broke our record for the latest we've ever recorded. It's 3.31. Wow, we might end the episode at 3.33. That's crazy. We're going to curse everyone that listens to it. Oh, shit. Let's not do that then. Dank shit. I do want to plug something, though. I don't know when it's dropping, but... Uh, I'm going to be featured on a pollute brain thing, and we're going to post the link to that and stuff. Let me say it more clearly. Uh-huh. Pollute brain. Pollute brain. Pollute brain. Yeah. Did I you, say it wrong? You said it like you had a 12-inch dick in your mouth. Pollute brain. Actually, you said it like you had Ron Jeremy's soft dick in your mouth. Oh, my God, dude. I saw a recent video of that guy. He's he's 
trying real hard. He's holding the guitar. He still makes porn? Apparently. And he's, he can't it wasn't get like hard, a deep though. fake. Oh, he can't no, get no, hard. no, no. So he's just like stuffing a soft, like what I presume as a soft dick is still probably like nine inches. He's stuffing, stuffing like a soft nine inches into somebody. Yeah, in the, yeah, it was just awful. Nice. <laughs> Anyways, maybe we'll put the link to that in our bio. Yeah, we'll put the link to that too. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I just don't know what else to say. <laughs> I have nothing else to Good say. Good fucking night. Good night.